Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia, has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, and wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello, my friends. It's me, Carmela, from Happy Calories Don't Count. Welcome to episode number 29 of the Food is Not a Four-Letter Word podcast. So let's start this show with our three deep breaths, shall we? Please join in with me. Take a deep breath in. And exhale. Again, deep breath in. And exhale. And last one, all the way down to your toes. Deep breath in. And exhale. Awesome. So how do you feel? Do you feel a little more centered, a little more grounded, just a skosh more at peace, a little more connected to your body, I hope? Um, That was the intent of the three deep breaths for me to model for you how simple and easy it is for you to simply take a beat and take a breath to transform your experience of the moment so that you can find that that place of personal empowerment so that no matter what's going on in the present moment, whether it's an issue with someone at work or with your family or, you know, a frustrating thing with your computer um, or your body, whatever it is, you can take a beat, take a breath, come back to your center, come back to your source. And then in that next moment in space and time, you are operating from a place of empowerment rather than reaction. And it's interesting because I'm finding myself saying this more and more and more to people in every area of my life, not not just on the podcast and not just as um, in my profession as a personal development coach, you know, with happy calories don't count, my speaking gigs, my clients, even my Pilates clients, just, you know, people, friends that I interact with on a daily basis or, you know, a weekly basis, whatever. Um, this is coming up more and more and more. Just take a beat, take a breath. It is such a simple and such a powerful tool. So there you have it. I keep encouraging you to take a beat and take a breath, especially with, you know, all the stuff that seems to be going on in the world lately. Now, happy calories don't count. Me, Carmel, I'm I'm not, this is not, and the, the podcast, it's not political in any way, shape, or form. Happy Calories Don't Count is a set of principles. It is a plan of action, a roadmap, a framework for you to be able to optimize the quality of your life, for you to be able to create a body and a life you love, for you to be able to just ditch all of that diet drama so that you have peace and freedom around food and exercise your body and your weight and you are optimizing those physical results. That is the goal of happy calories don't count. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, depending on your point of view, because it's a set of principles, 
It's not a diet. It's not a workout program. It is a set of guiding principles to help you discover for yourself the best choice that you can make in the current moment, regardless of what else is going on in your life, but you can make the best choice for yourself in the current moment that will lead you to an optimized state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. Because it's principles, it's not, um, it's not action. It's a framework for helping you to arrive at the correct action for yourself. Oftentimes, it 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 can be challenging to try to um, to try to express the principles without a specific context. So if I have a coaching client coming to me with a specific problem, I can very easily help that person, you know, work through whatever issue it is using the principles of happy calories don't count. On a podcast, if I don't have a specific uh, problem that I'm trying to solve, what I'm left with is trying to um, help you, the listeners, understand and cultivate these skills through observing other dynamics in the culture, through observing other things about relationships. And oftentimes, you know, pop culture, it's a really heated moment um, in time and space. Uh, so it can sound like this is a political thing, but it's really not, okay? And so one of the things that has come up recently and you know, I quite honestly, I can't make that statement in in all fairness because I've kind of tuned out of social media. Um, you know, it's just getting so so crazy and so just it it it's just not a healthy place for me to be that I tune out a lot of the stuff that's going on. And so when things make make their way to me. I, I'm of the opinion that there's a lot of a lot of garbage going on out there in the world and and when it's something important, it will make its way to me. When it's something that I need to know about to be able to affect change in a positive way or that something's going to uh, affect my family or something like that. And so one of the things that has made its way to me and I feel compelled to comment on from a happy calories don't count perspective, is the culture war that is happening surrounding um, body positivity, uh, body shaming, uh, embracing fat pride, fat positivity, fat celebration, all of that stuff. So what prompted this was uh, I saw a, a headline somewhere about how Abercrombie had taken down a tweet featuring a, a very, very large cover model. And then Bill Maher had done some other rant about, um, about instead of just taller, instead of just accepting fat body types, now we are celebrating fatness and how this is uh, unhealthy and how it is um, people just need to, you know, we know how to get in shape. It's just diet and exercise. So I feel uniquely positioned to comment on all of this because I see that there is a real problem and I see that people are trying to solve it in a very unproductive way. All right. So the real there are a few problems uh, and they are not just related 
to someone's weight, okay? Specifically size, shape, body, that kind of thing. So I don't believe that anybody else knows what it is truly for someone who is not themselves to be healthy. So I I don't believe that health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy can be measured by a scale, can be measured by a dress size, and can be measured by, you know, BMI or any of those other things that people try to claim to measure health, particularly um, when they're judging health, right? Um, so I, I don't agree with that premise at all. Uh, however, I do believe that the individual has a sense of their own well-being. And you can be completely healthy and um, have no negative physiological consequence at a size that someone else might not be able to measure. So from a happy calories don't count standpoint, it's not about the measurements. It's not about the weight. It's not about the dress size. It's not about the BMI. It's not about, you know, the physical roles or whatever. It's about do you feel good in your body and do you feel good about your body? And are you listening to the wisdom of your body? Are you partnering with your body? Because your body is wiser and smarter and uh, just like leaps and bounds better than any external authority, any external, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, arbitrary measurement that somebody comes up with. All right. That that's kind of the key. So so what I see that the podcasts and the YouTube clips and all the things that are starting to happen right now is that um, we bodies themselves are a complex system and society at large is a complex system and dynamics interplay with one another. So I'm not saying that this is how things went down. I am suggesting a hypothesis, there I can speak, of how we could have come to this moment in time regarding, you know, body positivity, fat shaming, um, fat celebration, all all of the noise that you hear in the culture, uh, especially on Instagram and Twitter and all of that stuff regarding, you know, body shape and body size and all of that stuff. So I can imagine, you know, that way back in the day, we had this idea about, you know, diet and exercise, and that if you want to lose weight, you eat less and you move more. There seems to be like this assumption based on observing other people. Hey, um, you're going to eat less, you're going to move more, and then you're going to lose weight. And as a corollary, then there's if you eat more and you move less, you gain weight. And because we have these assumptions in our head, and not just in our head, I mean, they are, they, they just are second nature. It's part of our social fabric. We don't even necessarily realize that we're working from these assumptions. What'll happen is, you know, you see someone and you see their body, size, shape, type, whatever, and you make an assumption 
about that person. You see someone who has is, has really built up muscles, really cut and defined, and you assume that they spend time in the gym and work out and that they eat a clean, healthy diet, whatever that happens to mean. You see someone who is larger, who is more fleshy, who does not have clear muscular definition, and you will assume that they eat really poorly and that, you know, they don't work out or anything like that. That that core assumption, I think, is the root of all pain, shame, drama, and dysfunction. Um, I won't say it's the root of all evil, but it's the it's the root of the of the personal pain, the individual dysfunctions that we have around our own bodies and our own weight. But it's also at the root of the collective society dysfunction around it and how people think that this problem, this obesity ec- epidemic or whatever it is that we're calling it in the United States, could be solved when that really, I believe, is not the case, right? So I've just established that we have this idea of the diet and exercise model that people seem to think that if you eat the right way and you exercise the right way, then you're going to be in a quote unquote healthy body. And that if you are in a body that according to external standards does not fit within whatever the external arbitrary measurements are, that you're unhealthy because you are not eating right and or exercising. So what happens I think is has how this could have evolved uh, based on observation, based on my age. You know, I've been around the planet a few times. I've kind of seen what has happened. I've, you know, looked back historically as well, you know, kind of seen different signs at the times. And so what'll happen is that because people who are overweight uh, can feel this it's a judgment. It's not necessarily a negative a judgment, but it's an assumption. Now, I deal with clients all day, every day. You know, people, some people who are large, who would be considered obese, morbidly obese. And I deal with people who are anorexic, you know, people who are really thin, people who are in the middle. So it, it's not about the weight It's not about the number on the scale. And this is true. I'm speaking to the nation here. This this would be a response to Bill Maher or to um, Ben Shapiro or whomever else ends up being a a spokesperson on this for whoever sends sends me the YouTube clip. What do you think of this? What do you think of this? This person said this. Um, So this would be the response to that, right? Is that there is more going on, even physiologically, and especially mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in someone's body than just what they eat and what they do for exercise. So I would agree that we have an issue in our country with people being unhealthy. I would disagree that the answer to that is the diet and exercise model. I would also disagree 
that the way to deal with this is to destigmatize being overweight and embrace body types of all sizes and shapes and just be okay and celebrate celebrate you for you and celebrate um, obesity and and fat pride and all of that stuff. I also think that that particular perspective is not the most effective for creating true healing and transformation, both at an individual level and at the cultural population level. Because what I see happening is that, well, for one, there are a lot of reasons why the diet and exercise model is incomplete, um, if not completely ineffective and doesn't work long term for a wide variety of people. Now, that's a pretty strong statement to make because you'll just automatically think in your head, well, no, I went on a diet once and I lost weight. Or no, I just, you know, I just need to get get myself motivated. And if I can get myself motivated to go to the gym, you know, then I tend to shape up. And and I'm also realizing that as I'm speaking to my audience, that that's probably, you've probably experienced that. And then you've also probably experienced the, no, I am dieting and I am doing the exercise program and I'm not getting the results, um, those fabulous results that I expect to get. And the thing is, is that because society assumes something about your shape, because society assumes that there is a path to follow and that that path that you need to follow requires work. It requires hard work. And therefore, there's something wrong with you because you're not willing to do that hard work of a diet or an exercise program to make those physical changes in your body. Therefore, there's something wrong with you. You must be unmotivated or undisciplined. That creates shame. And so there is a legitimate response to saying to society, no, I am not going to allow you to shame me for my body because you think you know what the answer to my body is. You think that you're shaming me for my body by making all these sorts of assumptions about my intelligence, my dedication, my work ethic, any of that kind of stuff based on my physical body. And I'm tired of it. And I'm not going to let you do that. And I am going to stop shaming myself for the size and shape of my body. I am just going to start finding peace within myself. That is a very appropriate thing to do. That is a a very powerful personal empowerment way of operating in the world. This is where we get hung up. We get hung up because in that rejection of the shame that is happening because other people are viewing this this um, this sample person, this case person, the you or the me or whatever, um, because the other the society is viewing this this sample case study person through the lens of the diet and exercise model. That is what's creating all of the judgment and shame. And in that person rejecting the shame, they haven't rejected the diet and exercise model. 
So what they what what happens is this there's this weird twisty thing that's no I'm going to reject the shame you're putting on me and instead I'm going to celebrate and embrace myself which from one perspective is a, is a very good thing to do but what happens is how how it gets dysfunctional how it morphs is in this huge celebration of my fatness, huge celebration of my body, huge celebration of fat pride, and don't you dare say anything about it. Those are dynamics that get twisted up when someone is trying to address the health crisis in the United States, when someone's trying to address even on an individual level um, someone's size and shape. It's turned into, no, you're not allowed to to talk to me about my weight. No, it's no longer PC. You can't do this. Um, and there are a lot of issues to untangle there as well. So what you have to remember is that there is an individual level of a single person and each person is unique. And then there is the societal level, the the population level. And an individual is not the population. And the po- what's true for the population is not necessarily what's true of the individual, right? So there are these things that we need to untangle and unwind. And so what happens is this individual is pushing against all of this pain and shame. Now, Again, to come back to the specific individual, I don't believe that anyone outside of that individual, let me even be more specific, anyone outside of that individual's body knows either what's best for that individual body or how to create those changes. It is the wisdom of the body that knows how to optimize the health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. That is where the answer lies. Now, if you're dealing with an individual, there are so many factors at play. And this is where it gets um, it gets challenging, right, for me to try to explain some of these concepts in, in a podcast format because I don't have a specific person uh, with, I, I don't have a specific person to have this case study around. It's just a generic kind of thing. So if someone is outside of what the medical community or what cultural convention would deem as a fit, vital, healthy, you know, within certain weight parameters person, if that is true, whatever those arbitrary numbers might be, then there are a few issues to untangle, right? So there is the the physical piece, the food, the movement, the exercise, the body piece. Then there are the psychological, emotional reasons And then there's also the cultural influence, right? So I will use the example of an eating disorder because that is one of the more extreme 
examples that I can use. And if we can address the issues and solve the problems with an eating disorder, well, then everything else should be should be a lot easier, right? It's when, when I'm giving the example um, to other people, I'm like, if I'm using my theater voice and I can project my voice so loudly and clearly that the back row of the theater, that that audience member in the very back row up in the nosebleed seats can hear me speak, well, then everyone in the theater should be able to hear me, right? So if I use the example of an eating disorder, then the solution to everything else is somewhere within that context. So here we go. Let's say someone has an eating disorder and it doesn't matter whether it's anorexia, whether it's bulimia, whether it's compulsive overeating, whatever it is, there is something going on in that person that is causing them to engage in maladaptive behaviors of self-harm and they just happen to be using food as the way to do it, right? There is, that is something that is legitimate that needs to be addressed and be healed. Then there is the food piece. There are two different pieces. There's the psychological, spiritual, emotional component. And then there is the food exercise component. And the thing is, is if you don't heal that psychological, emotional, spiritual component, you're, you, you just transfer maladaption, um, behave, maladaptive behaviors across uh, different, different things. Um, so r- instead of being food, it'll be alcohol, or it'll be shopping, or it'll be drugs, or it'll be whatever. There's that maladaptive thing going on with a person that needs to be resolved. And that is not something happy calories don't count does. That is something that requires, uh, if not professional outside psychiatric or psychological treatment uh, support, that is part of that individual's personal development journey. Because that is the one piece of whatever's going on. The why do you want to harm yourself specifically harming yourself with food or exercise. Then there's the food exercise body piece that happy calories can clean up very easily because happy calories don't count as a relationship-based model of health and well-being. All of the dysfunction that comes out of the culture, out of the individual level, out of the population level, whatever it is, comes from that core underlying diet and exercise model that suggests that your body is simply a result of what you eat and what you do for exercise. And that model sets up calories as a currency of exchange. It sets up this idea that you have to pay a price to eat. It sets up this idea that your body's shape and size is your fault. It sets up a lot of dysfunctional behavior simply within that model. So if you're someone who has this eating disorder and you've cleaned up the emotional, psychological, spiritual stuff that where you want to, um, you've cleaned up the stuff where you're not trying to harm yourself anymore, you've dealt with that, but you're still in pain and shame around your body and your weight, that is because of the diet and exercise piece. 
And that's the piece that happy calories don't count heals because happy calories don't count is a relationship-based model. And the primary relationship in this relationship-based model relationship-based model is the relationship between you and your body. And you're learning to cultivate this relationship with your body where you can begin to hear the wisdom and the guidance coming forth within your body to make any sort of change through your food or exercise that you might need to make to create that state of optimization. And the thing is, is that when you are listening to the wisdom and guidance of your body, you are acting from inspiration. You are not acting from desperation. It's not like being on a diet, something that you have to work through or suffer through. What's happening is that any change you might need to make regarding your food or your exercise choices comes from a place of authenticity, congruency. It comes from your highest place. So you're just, it just feels like you just feel like eating this, or you just feel like doing that. Sometimes you might feel like eating a salad. Other times you might feel like eating a muffin. You might feel like doing yoga, or you might feel like going for a run. It doesn't really matter. The point is that it's coming from your highest source. And so you're not in conflict with it. And that way, your results happen in a time span that just seems to be miraculously short, because time flies when you're having fun, right? And because you're not in conflict with it, you're acting from a place of congruency, and then those results are sustainable. So from a society perspective, we have these issues going on where we have legitimate health concerns across a significant portion of the population that, again, from a happy calories don't count perspective, isn't necessarily about the number on the scale or the dress size. But there's a good bet that because of the scale number or the dress size number, there are other things going on that have an opportunity to be healed. But even on top of that, there's that societal shame, the societal way of one camp saying, hey, we're just going to celebrate everything fat. We're just going to be ourselves. And don't you dare tell us that we're being unhealthy. Well, That's also like, you know, someone challenging someone who drinks all day, every day, you know, isn't the place of compassion saying, hey, is there something going on with you? You you seem to be drinking so much that you're becoming ineffective at work. You're not showing up with your family. You're you're acting out in in an abusive way. I think there's something something going on here. So it's not necessarily compassion to just sit back and do nothing. But also at the same time, because at this cultural level, everybody believes in the diet and exercise model, and everybody just assumes that someone's size or shape is a result of their work ethic and their intelligence and how they how much they do exercise or don't exercise, that that creates and perpetuates even more unhealth. It creates even more pain, even more shame, more drama, more poor health, and none of this stuff really gets solved on a deep level. So uh, with that, <laughs> I will leave you. I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes. Um, again, it's trying to 
figure out on my part how to articulate these principles in a way that you can understand that happy calories don't count as a set of principles that help you make the best, most congruent choice for yourself through connecting to the wisdom of your body and listening to that, that in each and every moment, you are guided to whatever that highest and best choice for yourself is regarding food or exercise or rest or whatever, so that you can optimize your physical results and reclaim your life. So I hope you have a super happy day. And I will talk to you later. Bye. If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share, you know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, carmelaramalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care. Take care.